Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. And we will be talking about mission critical networks. It has been another year where mission critical networks have been tested throughout various calamities in the region. And suddenly all the things you think you know and you think they work, suddenly we have to look at them again. Countries and services involved in critical communications are considering switching to mobile communications. And um, we are seeing that being also done in some places, in some situations. But is a time of crisis the right time for such a change? And experts on this panel will discuss uh, on the three GPP technology standards that enable mission-critical mobile networks, vulnerabilities of existing legacy systems, challenges of changing networks, and more. And we have quite a panel. So first, please welcome the moderator, uh, the coordinator of Broadway Net, David Lund, and also board member of Public Safety Communication Europe Forum. Okay, thank you, MC. And now for a different MC, Mission Critical. So in this panel, what we'll do is we'll explore what we mean by Mission Critical, what public safety are doing to drive a Mission Critical ecosystem, and what other cases need to be Mission Critical as well. So. In, and that's in the context of these private networks that we, we talk uh, fondly about with, with 5G. So our panelists include uh, public safety mission critical need from a national perspective in France. He's not on the screen yet. He will be in a moment. And how industry are addressing this wider challenge of public safety and other uh, mission critical needs. So we have representatives from Frequentis, Nokia, Roden Schwartz, and Cisco here, so, so key names. In the, um, in the communication world. And, you know, what, what is it that is mission critical? What do we mean by the phrase mission critical? Google it, right? I did, I Googled it. <laughs> so a mission critical task, service, or system is one whose failure or disruption would cause an entire operation or business to ground as a halt. It is a type of task, service, or system that is indispensable to continuing operations. So we're talking here today about the context in, in 5G, 4G, 3G, 5, 6G maybe one day. Um, but, but what is it in, in, in mission critical terms that, that real end users need? So if I would like to invite our um, IT team to, to play the first video, please. Thank you. The main aim of the project Broadway is we want a pan-European communication. And the most important thing is it needs to be mission critical. Uh, you probably know that no one should access the network that, for example, police, uh, rescue service and firemen are using. And the new system needs to be secured for from external um, influences, but it needs to work all over Europe. We are facing more and more critical incidents, bigger incidents, like weather incidents, floods, uh, earthquakes, um, fires, and so we always try to help our neighbors, and the neighbors try to help us. At the moment, the situation we actually have is we need to provide them radios so that they can talk to us. 
on an incident site. And the aim of Broadway is that each practitioner, no matter which organization he is from, may bring his own device and can be included into a mission. Why is it mission critical though? Because commercial mobile networks are kind of implemented on a best effort basis. If we make a phone call and that phone call drops, we don't care, we just call again. We send a text message, it doesn't deliver, we try to send it again. If an emergency services responder has a dropped call or a, unable to send data, that could be a matter of life and death. So really, mission critical means the implementation of those mission critical services must be reliable everywhere. Reliable and secure, resilient and secure. So the point to make really is this, this problem of, of mobile being deployed on a best effort basis. You know, as I said there, it's about um, making sure that those, that connectivity is available all of the time. The point is everyone in society needs to be safe and that we all rely on mobile comms. If there's anyone in the room who doesn't have a mobile phone, get out. <laughs> You're in a 5G conference. But, you know, it's not just about here. Safety matters everywhere. We need to be safe in cars. We need to be safe in our smart cities. We need to be safe in factories, in our workplaces, all of those things. So we seek, we seek to address you know, key societal values here. We're not really in mission critical consideration. We're not really chasing a faster, lower latency technical communication. Yes, we need some of that, but it's, it's the mission critical element. We, are, we heard earlier this morning about the fact that the word availability was missed in some cases, considering the security of, of mobile comms. So in, in, in our Broadway project, we, we tasked industry to find solutions for mission critical and needs of public safety, and we now pull together the governments to work together to prepare for a broadnet, so a pan-European mobile broadband system for, for public safety. And actually, if, we, if you think about it, if all mobile networks are deployed mission critical first, everybody benefits. Business critical, factories, workers, consumers don't have to redial anymore, yeah? Things like that. So, so we'll see. So the, res the ability for responders is, is quite important. Can you please play the, the second video? And here you'll hear some different views um, fr from some of the um, suppliers involved from a, an MNO perspective as well. Thank you. Imagine if you have something like a fire, a big forest fire, or some other big incident going on. What do people do? Of course, they are trying to call their relatives. They are trying to find out what is happening. They are surfing the internet. They are blocking the data. And so it's very important for us to have the highest priority within the network for that we can talk to solve the problem. Mission critical solutions very much depend on priorities on the networks because the solutions are not needed on sunny day scenarios. They are needed when they are in the worst conditions with the strongest loads and need to solve issues when actually they are under most stress. We are working on a daily basis with the first responders and from, with our Ministry of Defense and all like one are saying that this is a very very big deal for them because uh, there's a lot of, lot of uh, cases when you just uh, can't get a normal network coverage that's 
just enables you to do the job. For example, search and rescue. This project is important because we need to make sure that first responders always can rely on our mobile network. For implementing uh, mission-critical communication services, it's at the utmost importance that the user can rely on the mobile network and it's always there and always has access to it. The whole point of mission-critical services is to ensure that when devices are using those public networks that everyone is using, to ensure that those devices can have priority over the others when they are using the network. So the hyper-earth priority is a special parameter that we ensure and we send towards the network to ensure that they have the right bandwidth, that they can send the right data dynamically in real time. And the preemption part comes only in the case if there is congestion, too many people using the network, to drop down all the commercial and public people to ensure that only the critical services remain with the highest priority. And this is extremely important in case of catastrophes and uh, natural disasters or any other issues. So if you want to know more about what we've been do doing, you can, see, you can go to the website for broadway-info.eu and there's, there's plenty more videos you can see. So what I'd like to do now is, is invite the panelists to, to, to speak some, le less from me and more from the panelists. And I'm going to turn first of all to our online participant, Renaud uh, Mel <coughs> Melias from the French Ministry of Interior. About three, four weeks ago, um, France announced um, a major program um, to deploy um, mission-critical mobile broadband across France for, for public safety. So, so Renault, would you mind giving us a three minutes uh, intro? Thank you. Hi. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, thank you for having me. So even if, if I'm not here with you, um, I'm glad that I was invited to take part in this panel. So uh, my name is Renaud Méliès, and I work for the French Ministry of Interior. Um, we have this RRF program in France, so network of future radio network, and it's mission critical based on 3G standardization technology. So um, I'm very involved. Um, I've been very involved in 4G, 5G uh, standardization because I'm a 3GPP delegate and I've been a 3GPP delegate for many years and I've recently joined the Ministry of Interior to be the representative for the Ministry of Interior and 3GPP. So what we are trying to do is move from a legacy technology, TetraPole, Tetra, Tetra um, PMR technology, to a new technology, to broadband technology. And it's, it's quite a challenge for us. Um, it's like, uh, I don't know, can you imagine if your personal phone would be 2G and then you have now a 5G phone. And it will be the case for our end user, for our first responders. So in France, we have this program, the RF program that has just been announced um, a, a few weeks ago. And this program is meant to give our first responders uh, the ability to reach everyone that they are uh, tasked to do. So whether it be in France or across borders, so we will have this technology in France and we are very involved in also cross-border communication. So this roadway project is very important for France. So um, in a nutshell, yes, uh, mission critical is a challenge. 
A mission critical based on 3GPP standards is a challenge, but we are very optimistic that we will provide the right service with the right quality of service and uh, that our end users will be able to save lives uh, because mostly that's what they do and that's what we want them to do, saving lives. So thank you. Thanks a lot, Renault. Hope you have a good journey home. <laughs> so so um, I'll, I'll turn next to, to Gunter. You were involved, Frequentis were involved as a key supply, uh, leading a key supply team within the Broadway program. Can you give us some of your feed, you know, insights into Mission Critical? Yeah, of course. For Frequentis, um, at the end, uh, we are, as company, active since decades in, in this arena. So Mission Critical communication, aircrafts, um, air traffic controllers, policemen, uh, all these stuff, so all these industries, you can look at our homepage. I think what what in uh, Mission Critical now, Broadway, in a nutshell, brings around the complexity that that is necessary in order to enable uh, uh, what, what was said here. Doing Mission Critical doesn't mean in future to put one system there and make sure that it is highly available. What we've seen in Broadway and what will be the future is having several systems, shared systems, and make sure, and this is what we do in our portfolio with Mission X, that they play together with a lot of different technologies in Broadway. I think we had uh, 15 technology companies covering a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, putting that together and make it work and be able for the ministries to sign, it is available. Because at the end, we are doing here serious stuff in terms of responsibility. We need to provide technologies, put them together in a way, and prove that somebody can say, yes, it's available in the cases where seconds count and where uh, lives are at stake. So, and this is our mission, and therefore we call it our portfolio, also Mission X. Um, one thought maybe then uh, before I hand over, there is, apart from all the technology, uh, technology and so on, there is also a, let's say, process or innovation challenge. Currently, voice technology is there. It um, needs to be migrated. It's a much different task than uh, to do this, because this works somehow in every country, for good or for bad, and there is a lot of expectation how it should work in future. And on the other hand, you have a lot of data communication ideas, which is not working today in Mission Critical, where a lot of innovation comes in place. Everybody wants to have a WhatsApp or a Teams-like working environment, but how that would look like in Mission Critical, nobody knows. So that's, the, the, that's what we have to solve the next years. Yeah, and that's quite a challenge. Yeah. But, uh, it's let's a cool let's challenge. Yeah, it's a good challenge. Let's let's work on that and get, yeah. get solve that problem. Yeah. There's nothing worse than your your video call with your colleagues dropping, and I always say, well, can we not have a mission critical WebEx or a mission critical Zoom or you know? <laughs> let's try and solve those things. Thanks a lot, Gunther. So um, over to the um, the rest of the panel, which are not necessarily public safety background. I mean, th that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, so Lisa from Nokia, 
How do you see this uh, mission critical challenge from the Nokia perspective? I mean, we are also uh, involved with a lot of uh, public safety yeah, uh, yeah. projects, but you're right, mission critical is, is much more than that. So, so in Nokia, we are a, a, mo or a vendor of the network infrastructure, and when we talk mission critical networks with our customers, then it's really all about the availability yep. and the reliability. And, and we talk, you know, with our customers that the network needs to be available 99.999% of the time, or with even more nines, you know, to add to that sometimes. And an answer to that, a solution to that can be that they build their own private network. Um, which is not a new thing, because if we look at the railways, uh, and, and frequencies know this very well also, they have had that for many years, for instance. Um, because when they have a fast-moving trains with a lot of passengers, they need to rely on that the communication is there at all times, because otherwise a big accident can happen. So in the railways, they have for more than 20 years been deploying GSMR networks, which is a closed private network. They control themselves, they operate themselves, and nobody can uh, have access to that, not even the passengers. So, so, so that we are, we are quite familiar with. Now what is coming now with, with 4G, in particular with 5G, there's coming all these new functionalities and, 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 and the data communication is becoming very advanced and a lot of possibilities is, is coming there. So, so what we see is that the, the industry is really getting their eyes open up for putting a lot of mission critical um, how can I say, applications into a 4G or 5G network. Uh, and, and here, you know, imagine if you're controlling a nuclear power plant or whenever you have a self-driving uh, vehicle or robotics and so on, you need to have that availability at all times. And that's why we have seen during the recent years that the, in 4G, private networks has become very popular uh, among some of these uh, industries, heavy industries. And, and with 5G and all that functionality, it's just becoming more and more a trend that they build their own private networks. Yeah, yeah. private networks for sure, yeah. So Anne, what's your view from Roden Schwartz? So I just can agree to what, what uh, <laughs> <laughs> she said. So no, definitely, Roden Schwartz is known as a, as a test and measurement company throughout the complete telecommunications ecosystem. So we are also working close with our partners there and uh, we, are, we are driven by the technology that's behind in our solutions. Also the critical infrastructures, many of the critical infrastructures today see us as a trusted partner when it comes to enabling communication, when it comes to securing communication. And Gunther already mentioned airports. We are also in the critical infrastructure of airport, of harbor communication, air traffic control, mobile network testing, spectrum monitoring, so many of these areas. And I really liked it that you brought up the private network aspect because this is when I look from the mission critical setup, of course, they bring in new functionalities like push to talk, like group calls, these things we don't have in the public networks. But what they also bring in, they bring in different requirements for reliability, for quality. And we also see a lot of parallels there to the private networks. And for us, if you think about the reliability, it can be a, a quality criteria or a measurement aspect, but it can also be a disaster or a backup recovery plan that you need to have in place. It can be a mobile air traffic communication shelter that you have to bring certainly to a place in order to do a physical recovery of some of the things. 
Tom. This yeah, is thank you. So, so actually, the um, it's not just about the technology. It's the processes around it as well. That, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so over to Mads then from Cisco. Yeah, so you, you, <laughs> you connect everything together, right? So what's your view on Mission Critical? Yes. So uh, from Cisco's side, for those of you who have not heard about Cisco before, we are one of the world's largest networking companies. So naturally, our perspective is coming from the network and data security point of view. And we work with Mission Critical in many different areas, from transporting SCADA traffic in utility market, in oil and gas, in mining, to connecting street lights and traffic lights, and also banks that has been proven to be very mission critical during financial times. And from our point of view, one side of this coin is, of course, um, enabling mission-critical data to be transported over a wireless wide-area network, like 5G, like 4G, like LTE 450. Another side of this coin that we work a lot with is how to enable this transition to use, leverage these mobile networks into these environments. And that sets certain requirements to the equipment that actually generates the mission-critical data and the mission-critical data that has been transported on mission-critical sites. Now, with that in mind, we do see a very clear trend when it comes to these building mission-critical network. And that is that they're built with, at the core to be resilient. Now, to build a resilient network, we usually see four things you need to consider. The first thing is it really needs to be reliable. There's no point in having an on-demand doctor providing support to ambulances over video if the doctor cannot differentiate between a human head and a potato because the video quality is so bad. The other thing you need to consider is the survivability of the equipment in these environments. If you have a gateway or a camera in a vehicle, like an ambulance, you really need to make sure it can survive all the vibration in the car. And the third one is redundancy. You basically need to build around the concept of failing, predicting failure. One example could be if you want to use 5G as a backhaul connectivity for police cars in a city. That's fine, but sometimes a mad guy just drives way outside the city borders and the police have to follow. And the coverage for 5G might be limited in those areas and then it will fail over to an LTE coverage, for example. And the last one, fourth one, which should be the first one, is keep security in the conversation from the beginning. We see way too many mission-critical networks being built with retrofitting security. So that's kind of our point of view. Yeah, thank you very much. And that, <coughs> that final word on security really rings true. I think, you know, we have to build that in right from the start. That, that's absolutely crucial for sure. So I think we've, we've touched on some of the, the answers to my questions already. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, what... I'll ask um, Renault first. There you are. I can see you now. Hi. Um, 
from your view, so what, what prevents a, a mobile system from being mission critical? Is it the technology, economics, or just a tendency to stick to old ways of working? What do you think? Uh, it's a little bit of everything. So uh, let's start with uh, the technology. Um, we are um, changing the paradigm here. So we are moving from uh, narrowband technology to a broadband technology. And right now, we have the standards. So we think that we can deploy mission-critical networks based on the standards. But we are pioneers here. So we are trying to deploy a new network based on standards that are maybe not, um, let's say, proven. We, we will need to um, test and cert certify that those equipments are mission critical. And being mission critical is not only a network, a core network, it's everything. It starts with the device. It starts with the application. And you also have uh, spectrum. You have transport network, uh, transmission network. You have the core network. You have the mission critical services. Everything has to be mission critical, end-to-end -end mission critical. So it's a huge challenge to make sure that we have a, a mission critical chain. So that's on the technology. And the other aspects, um, we know 3DPP standards for, um, for commercial users, for the public. It's quite new to, to have mission critical networks uh, and uh, operators, mobile network operators, are quite new to, to the life-saving business. So in one way, we are trying to use what is already existing for public networks and make it mission critical. So um, we cannot just trust the operators to do the right thing. Maybe we also have to um, go at and change the legal and regulatory framework. So for instance, in France, with this new PPDR operator, we will create new laws, new regulations that define what is a mission critical operator. Um, we will define what is national roaming. Uh, at, the, at this moment, national roaming is, is, is nowhere to be seen. But uh, in France, we will have four uh, operators. We, we will have two operators with mission critical quality of service, priority and preemption, and we'll be able also to roam on, on the two others. So we have to adapt the regulation and the legislation for this. And mission critical um, is bringing also new services. So if I have a body-worn camera, which is mission critical, I have to be able to use the data, that I, the video I'm taking. So what about GDPR? What about um, how can I use it? How can I um, store it? Uh, how long? For how long? So we also have to adapt the legislation for the use, it, the, the use of those new services. So let's not stick to old ways. Let's try and, and make uh, mission critical a reality. Yeah, um, yeah, please go ahead, Rogenza. Yeah. I mean, uh, based on the network, I mean, there's a lot now, but what you said is um, uh, you need to change legislation and so on. 
uh, will you just use existing networks and try to maybe, uh, maybe use national roaming for um, uh, or improving the availability? So you have four networks, and if they all have to be available for these mission-critical anti-devices, then they all should have a very high uh, connectivity. Do you also consider to, again, add some private network components or maybe in cities operate some backup radio access networks or open road that there are many scenarios you could think of uh, do you plan yeah. that or do you want to rely purely on uh, mobile network operators so um the coverage insurance is for uh, for mobile operators is quite good we will have a 98 percent coverage of the the territory in france in 2025 but but um, sometimes we will need some um, additional coverage. So we will have also the use of mobile base stations. We will have the use of rapid response vehicles. So that's about yeah uh, resiliency. Having the best coverage possible is is um, ubiquitous connectivity is what we want. So we all are also looking at satellite services also for. Um, uh, for our connectivity. And for the private networks, we are also working with um, the critical infrastructures. We are working with uh, the power plants. We are working with uh, the railways. We are working with everyone. And those, uh, those um, business, those, those partners will have their own mission critical infrastructure. And we want to be able to uh, interoperate with them. So we want to be able to use their uh, private networks for coverage. We want to be able to talk to them, to interpret with their mission critical services. So that's one thing. So uh, you talked about national roaming, but um, Broadway is about international roaming with mission critical quality of service. And it's, it's a quite different subject. So uh, I think we could talk for hours on, on this. I just want to give the chance to other panelists to to take the floor. Yeah, we certainly could talk for hours on this. Lisa, please. Yeah, maybe one thing to add is about uh, if you can use commercial uh, operators mobile network for, for mission critical. I mean, if you look at um, uh, nuclear power plant or whatever it, it may be, you know, where you really need this availability with all these nines, as yeah, I talked yeah. about before, right? Um, so it's, it's maybe there is the coverage, but can you really rely on having the network there all the time? So because do they, I'm not sure that the commercial operator is contacting uh, this, uh, uh, these people here when they are, for instance, are doing an upgrade. Mm. And we all know there's a risk of an outage when you do an upgrade. Or maybe have the necessary uh, backup or the necessary redundancy and all these things. So, th so that's why my answer would be no for the time being. If it's real mission critical, um, then at the moment that has not been the focus of most of the uh, mobile operators. But I can also see that it's moving more and more into that direction and also with the possibilities that 5G is giving, then it, it really also depends on the level of mission critical network that you need. So yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Would, knowing would the be need, yeah. sorry, a, a possibility to go there and say, okay, I do some, for example, open run uh, um, elements for a power plant to say if everything fails, there is still uh, connectivity, at least locally. 
you can definitely mix and choose and have several solutions and this is also what we see you know to make it as robust as possible so you're not just relying on on one solution and one technology okay. to add on that i think there are multiple ways how to realize it on a technical you can add a slice you can do a private network so i think the technical realization is probably not the the blocking point here it's more like it's it's driven by the consumer use case. So really, what is what is the use case for the end user? And I see these are different use cases in the case because if you would ask a firefighter, what is important for you, he would name a couple of criteria that if I would ask everyone in the audience, everyone would say yes, definitely reliability, good video quality is also important for me. But I think the the definition of the criteria is different. If you let's take the video stream as an example. If you do a video stream and you get a little bit blurred in the video, yeah, it's not nice, but still you can continue the video. And otherwise you just go back and watch that second again. If a firefighter in an accident is using a drone to have a coverage and a photo and a video done there, and he has the same scenario he might take false decision based on what he's seeing. So it's a, it has a different impact. It's really about the impact we are having. And this, for me, is the blocking point. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Stuart, anything to add here? No, it's no. good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I, I think it's an interesting um, point that, that Renault mentioned there about <clears throat> if a, you know, a public safety responder is on that nuclear power plant um, and the coverage is there, by the private network on the power plant, is it actually a private network or is it still attached back to the, uh, you know, kind of mission critical, semi-public back to the to the national system? Um, private networks, is it, can it still remain fully private or can we have those little back doors to add additional mission critical functionalities like this? You could, you can, if I may, <laughs> you can choose. I mean, uh, yes, it can remain a fully private network. Yeah. It, you really can't do that. But if you want to, you can also choose that you can uh, connect it to, for instance, your public safety network. I yeah. mean, this is, this, is, this is how you choose it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, interesting. Anything to add there, Anne? No? Yes, yes, just a question for me. Uh, what do you think, how much, uh, let's say, attention those networks then need in terms of administration is that like uh, I, I know there is a lot of self-configuration in 5g but on a network level um, they are usually focused on the nationwide rollout and so on and when it comes then to campus network then the people say yeah i want to have this and that and this and, uh, and um, how much effort would it be to configure those networks do you need an own team or is it just some clicks how would it work? It, it, it can be quite simple, actually, to yeah. set up a private network, uh, surprisingly simple to, to and easy to, to set it up. And the thing which is different between a private network uh, for mission critical, let me say, for mission critical compared to uh, commercial mobile operators is also that when you have a mission critical network, you're not interested in upgrading <laughs> very often. You are not interested in really doing changes because we all know that most outages happen when, when people go in and touch the network and, and, and you don't want that. So, so you, you want uh, longer life cycles of, the, of your software and hardware and all these things. So that is a big difference uh, compared to uh, a commercial network. Mm -hmm. And also, I would not see this just negative that there is a sequence, you have the commercial network first and then you have probably the, 
the mission critical network because if you look at how a public network is deployed, the new technology 5G, it was first in the big cities. And there is learnings out of that deployment. And that learnings goes into the deployment of the rest of the network and also helps to make the network more mature. So I think this could also be seen as a natural process in order to drive it into the higher requirements of reliability, of uh, performance requirements, of security as well, right? And I'm, I'm just going to reflect on a conversation we had yesterday evening, actually, about the um, monitoring of the availability and so on. So, so availability has been the key word of the day, I think. Um, so, so what can be done there to, to, to actually assess if the availability is still maintained? Yeah? Exactly, because you, you, you named a very crucial point, in our opinion. In a, in a mission-critical network, it's not enough to set it up once and then trust that it's operating. You have to implement that kind of monitoring that ensures you whatever parameters are changing in the scenario. And let's take another private network as an example. If you are in a factory, you talked about the multiple nines, the five nines and the six nines. You have a mobile environment. So this means whenever there is a metal shelf that you place at a different place, it can, it can destroy the complete coverage at the place of a network. So you have to have a way to monitor it continuously in order to ensure that the network is operating as it should be. Mm. It feels quite fragile and when you say it like that. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, and that's, that's the technical challenge we are also looking a, lo a lot into because uh, when you refer to, um, let's say, industry or um, plants or whatever, when we, when we go on missions, um, we are also moving around. So monitoring means also monitoring different places. If I do, I don't know, but MM police is following uh, the drug case I think we had in Broadway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, There is, uh, the monitoring becomes quite complex because you're hopping networks. But I think that's the technical challenge we want to solve. Yeah, thank you. So we were about two and a half minutes in. So I think just give you each one of you about 30 seconds, I would say, to give some final remarks. Yeah. Mads. Yes, 30 seconds. Um, we at Cisco usually see that for most problems today, you have a technical solution that can solve it. It's usually more about getting the people and operations also turning together with technologies. I think that's been pointed out today that it's possible to do a lot of the challenges that have been pointed out to just actually doing it is the hard part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think, you know, uh, with, with 5G, and this is a 5G conference, and with, with 5G, the, the use cases are becoming so big and we are only now seeing the top of the iceberg, I think, of all the use cases that we may have, you know, uh, five, ten years from now. And many of them, or some of them, is requiring that the 5G network is mission critical. Um, so, so, so this is where, in, in, in my belief, I think that we will see a lot of private networks because then you have the control of those networks. But I'm very curious to see how this will uh, develop and how the use cases will develop uh, because there uh, we have a learning curve in front of us and the industry have a learning curve in front of us to really utilize uh, the 5G networks. Yeah, we're de definitely learning. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think the panel here shows it with the very <laughs> discussion that we are having. It's important to have that discussion in the industry. It's not a single player who can say, I do this, or we have to work together 
to really think about what is needed, what are the requirements, what everyone needs to do, what everyone needs to contribute to make that, and don't wait too long until testing it. Your Broadway is a perfect example. You have to start testing it. On paper, multiple things look perfect that are in reality not. Yeah, so. put it in the hands of people and yeah. get that feedback, yeah. Gunter, a few seconds if you wouldn't mind. Um, really a few seconds. I think crucial for making that faster work is what what was said also, the re regulation and the definition of rules by the states, laws, how that is applied and what are the requirements is quite important in order to move it. Because I see that in many industries, drones, public safety, public transport, aircraft, if that is clear, then also the, the MNOs and technology companies can move quicker. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Renault, final word, very quickly. Yeah. Yes, so uh, we work uh, better in cooperation. So I would um, advise ed every person that is watching this, uh, either live or online, to join the Broadway Broadnet project. So I cannot urge you enough uh, that it's, it's, we are changing the world right now. I think Europe is uh, being on the front line of mission critical communication at the international level. Thank you, Renaud. Thank you very much. Before I ask any questions, round of applause to the panelists. Thank you. Um, Jan Sjansons is writing uh, on the platform. By the way, uh, we will have some like five minutes also to take questions from the audience. But uh, Janis is asking, Mads and Lise already uh, mentioned that and touched this question is, how can cybersecurity be affected by the introduction of 5G in the mission critical communications and uh, applications? So once more, who hasn't touched that question yet? Anything else to add maybe? So it, it is about the things you talked, but anything else? I mean, it's important. Of course, it's really important. And that's also why um, we see when we talk private networks that uh, there is really strict rules on who can actually have access to that network. That is, that is crucial. And then, of course, I think all companies here, we, you know, we are developing all kinds of sec security functionalities and features and so on into our system, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, so. it is also a level of trust there that is happening because companies are starting to leverage service providers' networks and transporting more and more critical information on those networks, and basically handing over the security part to that provider, taking it out of their hands. So that's definitely a trust issue that is also happening these days. Yeah, maybe, maybe one important aspect. Can you imagine a firefighter logging uh, putting in his credentials because of uh, locked out by the networks. So there is a quite a usability aspect to that and also mechanism. How can I make sure that the right people are accessing the right information? Can you imagine a policeman losing his mission critical phone and is not locked enough? So there are many simple things to be considered still and not yet done, but um, very important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, anything to add, David? Yeah, I think this, this, the cybersecurity element is problematic historically because it's been a case of, let's go and hire a consultant to do that. <laughs> but actually, it, it should be embedded within 
everybody's mentality. Everybody who's involved in developing and deploying these systems must have an understanding of the security and understanding of how weak their position is mm -hmm. in the whole result of the, the mission critical network. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. And to add on that, just yes. one last thing. Cybersecurity is more than having a firewall in place. Yeah. That's also very important. It For doesn't sure. stop behind the firewall. So. And it should be really convenient to use, otherwise people will find a way just to overrule it. All right, thank you.